Hello, time travellers. It's Baron and the Doc here, and this week on That Reminds Me Of, we're talking about Tenet by Christopher Nolan. And this is the show, in case you haven't been here before, where we talk about films and the films that we're reminded of while watching those films, and we have spoilers throughout. And I don't think you can talk about this film without spoiling it, honestly. I think it's part of the game. Absolutely. Let's get started. So, Baron, Tenet, uh, look, before I ask you what you thought about it, um, what's your, what did you come into this knowing about Christopher Nolan? What's your Christopher Nolan vibe? I am a huge Christopher Nolan fan. Mm. I think I'm up for it. I'm up for, I, th- I would have thought, any film that he had to make and would want to put out there in the, in the universe. In particular, though, I've really liked... The big blockbusters that he's made of the last, I don't know, maybe 10 years. Um, and that is Interstellar. The Batman trilogy. In particular, Dark Knight, Inception. I thought Dunkirk was a killer war film. So everything he's done up until this point, I've actually really enjoyed. And one thing about Nolan is that he is divisive. There's always yeah. a lot of fans out there and filmmakers banging on about how much they either love or hate him. Um, I wasn't a fanboy as such, but... I love Memento. That was where I learnt about the band. Mm-hmm. And since then, it's been a topsy-turvy um, experience. Like Batman, I think, was well done. And Interstellar, I didn't like much. Uh, and so I came into this one really excited about it because it was pretty an awesome uh, feel that, you know, the lead-up to the movie had. Yeah. Uh, but I was open-minded. I could have gone either way you know um every every time he's come out with a big film and i think you can kind of put nolan's early films in a different basket i think i think once you get to inception Mm. they kick off into a whole new actually it's probably dark it's probably the the first batman film that really kicked him off into like a whole new realm of um big big budget blockbuster filmmaking Mm. and it's it's been an interesting thing to watch where he goes he clearly loves time travel and time enigmas mm. and paradoxes and all that sort of stuff because he keeps coming back to it um and this is this film is no different should we tell should we tell audiences what the crappy imdb <laughs> synopsis is for this film because we couldn't figure it out ourselves so yeah, might as well no, start somewhere completely we're not going to try and do our own synopsis that would be ludicrous ludicrous so i challenge you to just read out the mpb one and we'll we'll um challenge accepted (laughs) Uh, armed with only one word tenet and fighting for the survival of the entire world a protagonist journeys through a twilight world of international espionage on a mission that will unfold in something beyond real time i don't even know what that last part means (laughs) i honestly don't know what something beyond real time means uh, anyway. but w- would you watch the film? Well, it sounds potentially interesting. Yes, yeah, I did watch yeah. the film, so I guess I guess the answer is yes. <laughs> I, I think that says absolutely nothing, but I think it's got enough keywords to 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 make you you know kind of interested enough to watch it. I had a go at it just to try and rejig it a little bit. Oh um, wow! Yeah, yeah. Just that I while I, after I copied that down, I thought I'd give it a quick quick crack. Uh, and this is what I have. A mind-bending excuse to shoot action explosions and cars backwards and involve lots of confusing time loops that will take multiple viewings to untangle. 
and who can be bothered? <laughs> I'm I'm so happy that that completely sums up my experience of the film as well. Okay. I thought I thought we might have had a bit of an arm wrestle here where you're just fanboying about it and I'm picking up the coals, but like I'll, I'll put I wear my heart on my sleeve and say that I didn't like this film. Mm. Um, not that it was without some interesting things which are worth talking about, but on the whole, it's exactly as you said, like, who can be bothered? Uh, that was the feeling I kept coming back to over and over again, and I really, really wanted to like this film. Mm. Like, I went in going, this could be great. Everyone always bags out Nolan every time. So, and then I, and then I usually end up liking those films a lot. So, mm. this is probably going to be another one of those. Didn't happen. And I think it started right from about the first or second scene. I just... The whole thing was so convoluted that it was hard to follow and I started to realise really early on that I wasn't going to enjoy the ride. Really? Yeah. That's different to me because I think I started with high expectations, really, because it sounded cool and, I don't know, I was thinking maybe of Memento. I haven't watched Memento for years, but the the mark it made on me was significant and... Then I, I saw that that first scene in the was the opera, mm. the opera. Yes, yeah. yeah. And I thought that that got me going. I thought that was really good. Yeah. Uh, and so it planted some seeds. And even when they started talking about the inverted weapons, uh, I was just going going for the ride, and I was okay with it from from there at that point. But it kind of then gradually, by degrees, just lost me. I think that's right. Um, so I'll agree with you that there were things that I enjoyed and there were little moments where I saw like some some Nolan-esque uh, intrigue sort of coming out of it and I and I and I was like, oh, this could be this could be the thing that kind of makes it all work. <laughs> and yeah. then the next very next scene or the very next moment something confusing would happen or there'd be a little s- section of action that just didn't quite feel right to me. Uh, that would that would then straight away drop me back in deep waters, and suddenly I'm you know not sure about the whole experience again. I think I diagnosed it though. Oh, great! Because uh, newsflash, excellent. Tell me. Well, well, first let's talk about some things that were quite good about it. Like the idea, like the concept, is wonderful. Really, you know the and and that idea being, let me try and explain it. Um, you've got inverted time. Where yes. you um, <laughs> save <laughs> save me, someone. Uh, you can go. <laughs> you already lost. Uh, yeah, it's not exactly time traveling. It's 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 sort of which way you're traveling within time. Yeah, it's like um, it's, which it's direction? A gi- it's a gimmick in some games you get where you if you you know balls uh, up a move, you can just suddenly reverse time and go back. You know five seconds or whatever it is and and then try and redo that thing it's it's a little bit of that going on yeah but that as a concept is cool so i like that um you'd have to say that some of the scenes were you know when you've got the forwards forward time and backward time going at once Mm. are quite an achievement to pull off and but they visually are quite stunning so totally another win 100% 100% that's, that's, agree. That's two two wins. Well, okay. my, my, my fingers aren't in frame. Where? Yeah, I can see. I can, I can two see Two wins. <laughs> two wins. <laughs> uh, the problem is the script. Yeah. Oh, look, 
I, I actually would disagree with you a little bit on the second win. Uh, okay. I think the action was cool at times, and I think mm. at other times it fell flat. And for me, it was highly ambitious. Like classic Nolan, he's going to go out and try yep. and do something that no one's ever done before and do it bigger than you could imagine. And for, for me, some of it just wasn't, it was just boring action in the end. It was funny because I think the ambition of shooting things in reverse while also shooting them sort of in the correct way, like not reverse, forward, yeah. um, and trying to blend those together in post uh, came, the end result was action that wasn't quite as fast or as explosive or as cool as you expect for a big action film. As much as he tried to make that $200 million, make all that work, I just didn't quite come off for me. Well, uh, I think all I'm saying is like it was... As far as the understanding the film and getting anything out of it, it was nonsensical. Yeah, all those scenes, but visually, mm. it kind of looked cool. Like you don't yeah. often see, you know, forwards and backwards people in the same. That that's a new thing. That's true. So yeah, it's true. It, I guess amb- ambitious is the word, and I agree he didn't pull it off. But yeah, just the the visual of it was kind of cool. Yeah. Other things like when you're seeing uh, the protagonist going backwards, you know, on the on the floor and that little tussle he had with himself. Yeah, yeah. Just some visual things were cool. Yeah, I, I agree. Even when you're playing those games, right, within about, I don't know, maybe like half an hour of playing it, the, the spectacle and the concept of being able to go backwards, you mm. get used to it. Like you, it sort of becomes... A, a thing that you expect that you can do. And I think <laughs> after the first half of the film, and we'd already seen some of those scenes play out, I lost interest in seeing them again. And I knew that I was going to see them again. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I knew I was going to see them from a different angle and my mind was supposed to be blown by it. And it just wasn't because I knew it was coming and I didn't care. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You did know things were coming, didn't you? Like yeah. you didn't know necessarily exactly what was coming, but you got the the sense of it and there yeah. were no real no real surprises even though you would think this was a thriller where there's re- big reveals and there were but they were never exciting or un you know, things that you hadn't sort of thought might be coming they weren't sort of giant world altering kind of twists yeah. they, they were like oh yeah okay yeah. So that was that person. I see. You know what I mean? Like that's how it kind of, for me, how each each reveal happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it got to a point where I was like, oh, there's a backwards car. Uh, that's going to be one of the characters later. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you just start to, you start guessing. There's a little bit of fun in that. There is a bit of fun in doing the guessing. Yeah, that, that is fun. And some of them pay off like the the end scene where she she is the diver, you know, the woman that dives into the water. Yeah, and that had had such a big impact on her early, and and then it's actually she wished she was that woman, and then she yes. actually is. Like that's corny, that was, corny but nice. I think that was one of the nicest moments. Actually, mm. one of the best twists in in the whole thing. Um, for that very reason, is there there was an emotional hook on that, and this brings us to the script, which I think you were alluding to before, because I think one of the biggest issues here is a lack of emotional hooks the whole way through this. Completely. No emotional hooks. Well, there's a fake emotional hook, not fake, but a pretty poor one in the whole storyline of her and the son. You're, you're meant to really engage with them on a, on a you know emotional level, and I don't think you do, really. No, and I didn't. And and the fact that they were so critical to this 
you know, um, world and time altering storyline also didn't ring true. It was like just, you know, picking one little relationship that just coincidentally happens to, you know, relate to the arch villain and making them so intertwined to try and get a, a bit of heart in the film. Yeah. And I don't yeah. think it did it. Uh, so if, if we're talking about characters, right, let's just get into those a little bit for a second because I think the emotional arcs of these characters and the lack of that kind of hook that will grab you in, uh, we've sort of said already, that's that's an issue. So we had protagonist is... Did he have a name? I can't even remember. No, but he's, he's he's the protagonist, which, he's, which, mind you, I quite like. You kind of like that say. he's just a I kind of like that he's called the protagonist. See, it pays off in the end and you understand why uh, mm-hmm. and it has a greater meaning. Um, but I also afterwards was sitting back thinking that one of the issues I have with this character is that he's quite two-dimensional. This, this by mm-hmm. the way, is the main character played by uh, John David Washington, Denzel's son, uh, who is getting some whoa, whoa, pretty- whoa, whoa, whoa. Is he Denzel's son? Yes, he is. I didn't know this. I just knew him as Black Klansman. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's oh, right. Mind blown. Next okay. time you see him, you'll you'll hear Denzel's voice coming out of his mouth and it will start to f- freak you out a little bit. Wow. Okay. He has a very, very similar voice, but looks nothing like Denzel. No, no. He's fun to watch. I, I kind of like him. Yeah, I uh, think in the right films, he's, he's great. Like he was good in mm. Black Klansman. Anyway, so we've got Denzel. I'm just calling him. JD Washington. Let's call him, call him Denzel, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's not Denzel. <laughs> um, and then Elizabeth Debicki is the uh, Australian actress who plays Cat, um, the woman that he just falls in love with for some reason. Kenneth Branagh is the bad guy, but bad guy who plays Sator. And then you've got Robert, Robert Pattinson in there who becomes, over time, you realize, sort of the best mate of JD. All of these, I found that there was a common theme of you were just meant to believe that they cared for each other mm. and that was it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there was not much to hold any of that together. It was like, why does why does J.D. Washington, the protagonist, why is he involved in this story at all? Why is he so invested in this this woman with her child? Why does he want to see the, the what happens at the end of this, this story so badly that he will risk everything for it? It, just, it doesn't give you any of that. I think I'll, the most- I'll tell you why. Okay. If you like. Yes, please. Uh, well, the reason is because Christopher Nolan, and, and is it his brother or someone that co-writes these? Normally, scripts? but not not this one or some of them, Jonathan okay. Nolan writes as well. It's because he has meticulously, you know, plotted out the, you know, the, the plot points. He <laughs> yes. storyboarded it all to an, within an inch of its life. He's made sure everything matches up. You know, all the science is not necessarily right, but consistent yeah. um and so it all works you know on on the page yeah but th- but then it comes to writing a script and all he does is link one one scene to the to the next you know in a way to make it actually make narrative sense if you can yeah. argue that it does but none of the character development or even so many scenes where they're walking along you know with paragraphs of explanatory scientific <laughs> sort of crap (laughs) that I felt like I was in a a bad version of the West Wing where they they do all their explanation while walking through corridors. Um, Wait a second. We're two hours into this film. Can you just explain what reverse physics time travel is again, just for us one more time? Or actually (laughs) add, throw in a couple more rules that you haven't mentioned before. It's it's as if they're making it like, even though I've just said that he's meticulously planned it and I, 
I believe that it is all meticulously planned. The experience for the viewer, or for me, was that he's making it up as he, making it up as he goes along. Chaos. And yeah, and as if okay, well now we need to explain this stupid thing that's happened. So we'll add a line <laughs> in to explain it. Now we need some device to make such and such make sense. So we'll just slot that in. It, it feels like we've hit the M. Night Shyamalan... Shyamalan, Shyamalan I can't say his name. Shyamalan, Shyamalan. Off the edge of the cliff moment here, a little bit, <laughs> where, you know, he's bought in... Potentially, Nolan has bought into the success of all these other films and he's had yeah. a great run that maybe this time this script was one that should have just been like a... I think you should go back and work on this a little bit more. This is something, something not quite right here. Mm. Uh, I say that, however... It's getting fairly good reviews out there. Not stellar reviews, but, you know, audiences and critics are sort of saying, yeah, it's all right. Yeah, I can't understand why critics would say it. I don't understand that either. At all. I can't can't get into the head, that headspace. However, I must say that as far as fans, I, I just had a quick, you know, Google search and, you know, watching YouTube about like, the reaction to the film. And it's created this whole subculture already. Mm. where people are explaining what it means and, you know, the right. five things that you missed in Tenet and all, all this all this fan stuff. So, yeah, to, yeah. actually, if, if you that didn't makes get it, it worth it. Yeah, and they're like, if you didn't get it the first time, you got to watch it again because yeah. then you'll realise how genius it all is. Yeah, and you'll see that he had a tag in the back of his backpack <laughs> yes. in the first scene and that relates to, I'm not going to watch it again. I'm but not going to watch it again. Yeah. I would watch almost any of the other ones again, and I have watched a, a bunch of them second and third times, but mm. I don't think I'm going back to this one. What did you think about the performances of um, Den- Denzel and his co-stars? I actually thought that JD, young mm. Denzel, played it all a little bit flat. Like the whole thing, there was clear moments in there for him to have a little bit of fun with a line or put a bit of flair on it. And he either, to me, just looked slightly uncomfortable or <laughs> played it dead straight. And he did. I just didn't know. Like, I think that I think he would be a great, subtle, understated actor in the right roles in a big action film where he's the leading man. And there's clearly meant to be, a, you know, a little bit of levity here and there thrown in. I just felt like he didn't quite he didn't quite nail that. Yeah. And yeah. Unfortunately, I can't look at him without imagining Denzel, young Denzel in this film and thinking, I think he'd nail it. I think Denzel would nail this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Denzel so, would nail it. Um, I obviously hadn't seen that, hadn't thought that because I hadn't associated with Denzel. And I, mm. in hindsight, I wouldn't, I still wouldn't really. Like he, I, I was just seeing the, the guy in Black Klansman. And the trouble there is he had so much sort of life and personality yep. uh, that that's what I know of this actor. And now here, you're right, he was so so wooden but that like the whole thing was so wooden it all fitted together like this but i don't know no no personality strange hey mm. what do you think of pattinson oh i i struggled to watch him i have to say um and we've 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 seen a few pattinson movies um, yeah now haven't we we saw the lighthouse yeah which, which I think was... we both we both agreed he was really good yeah, I think we both liked him a lot in that. And then we saw, what was the Southern... The, the Devil All the Time. The Devil All the Time. And, and we, both, one, we both didn't like him in that. Not, not fans. Uh, that yeah. was almost the extreme opposite. Uh, and this felt somewhere in the middle. I actually, fe- yeah. I didn't mind him until the end. 
Although I did find him to be a fairly weak character throughout. And then at yeah. the very end, he turned really soppy and the whole thing became about sort of them being lifelong friends. And it just, I think everything that I had, all the good faith he'd built up up to that point was just lost instantly. I don't think that term particularly worried me. Like I thought it was a, a nice concept that, you know, he's from the future coming this way and, you know, uh, Denzel's coming this way and they're, yeah. you know, they're at different points of their journey. Like everything, like as a concept, that's really cool. Mm. But it didn't, you, you, you're right, how it came across was just soppy and shallow and you didn't really feel it other than sort of putting the pieces together of the puzzle in your head. Yeah. You know, like that's, that, that, I think that's who it appeals to those people who like to solve a mystery in yes. films. And and part of me is like that, but I also like to be emotionally moved in some way. Right, exactly. Yeah, and I, I think some of the puzzle of it was fun, although this, the plot was so heavy with mm. detail that it, that it took it took some of the fun away. Like I think if they'd actually left some of that exposition out and some of that detail and maybe just pulled a couple of the rules of the world out and just thrown them away, it might have been a little more <laughs> fun to follow. I was going to say Debicki, uh, Elizabeth Debicki, that's a name. What do you think about her? Couldn't care less. Nothing against her. But yeah. the um, I don't think, well, this is my theory, uh, is that I don't think Christopher Nolan can write a what well, i think i don't think writing is necessarily the the strong suit to begin with i don't think he can write a female character mm. see i didn't mind her i thought she was one of at least she had an emotional sort of th arc of some mm. sort like there was the woman jumping off the boat there was the care for her child that you know just a mother mm. you can understand straight away and there was the fact that she was under threat and you know, she had a real reason to be invested in this whole thing. Um, but I, I agree. Mm. She came off a little bit like a, a like a bit of a Bond woman, you know? Yeah. I felt like that she was like almost a plot device that get, is getting thrown everywhere by the narrative. And, yeah. you know, with no... I, I never felt for her. I just saw her as driving the, the story forward and kind of being I guess at the end she made her own decision that was quite a big thing when she you know stuffed up everyone's plans by killing him I don't know I, di I didn't really go for the ride with her and, no and nothing against the the actor um no I think I think, I think she's quite good I've seen yeah. her in other things and she's great and I, I I agree in the end she became a thing almost a device for JD's character to, to sort of fall in love with and, and, and chase after and give him a reason to be in this story so wholeheartedly, Yeah, which well, didn't that, work. They were, they, were, they were all devices, and that, that was the problem to me. Yes, um, yep. And so speaking of devices, what, what did you think of the device of the Russian villain? He was Russian, I think, wasn't he? Yeah, I think he um, was, yeah. The, the Russian Bond villain, <laughs> a.k.a. Kenneth Branagh. Oh, Kenneth, well, see, he... There were moments of greatness in there, just little tiny <laughs> moments of performance greatness. But overall, it was overplayed and he just was such a brute. I don't know. Like, I can go for a character that's a real brute like that. I, I think that can be done well, but it wasn't convincing for, for Kenneth Branagh to play that character, I don't, I don't think, in the end. And did you take from this that he basically was in the right place at the right time? And killed the real guy that was meant to be get you know receiving these mess these these packages from the future. No, didn't even. Yeah. Like how how can you take away anything that specific really? Well, blink and you miss <laughs> it, right? But the, but there was a moment where they were digging up that package, that time capsule, because yeah. he had the the job, 
and the guy who opens it sees his you think he's maybe seeing his his name uh, yeah. and the guy next to him picks up a shovel and takes him out so i, yeah, I you're, you're probably right ah who knows but but who cares and and also who cares it doesn't actually make a difference to the story whether it's him or the other guy that was meant to be receiving these messages the, the thing that seems so silly to me and even if there's some mental gymnastics that make it make sense and i'm sure there is yeah but the fact that kenneth branner the, the kenneth branner at a particular moment in time becomes the point at which the world ends it reminded me of <laughs> douglas douglas adams the restaurant at the end of the universe oh. so kenneth branner is the restaurant at the end of the universe like he is the point of destruction Yes. And the, the ludicrous thing was when, so they they made a an attempt at explaining that, and I think it was Robert Pattinson that said something like, "Yeah, or what it means is everything's finished," or, or, or I don't know. He said some throwaway line to avoid yeah. having to explain the whole dynamics of why Sata, who was um, Kenneth Branagh, was so so um, critical. I think. I think any time the concept in any film or story is that person just wants to destroy everything. That whole uh, that whole thought is is flawed. Mm. Who wants to destroy everything? It just it's impossible to understand. It's not human. And whenever someone goes to that extreme of like, yeah, that person is fed up, and then now they're going to destroy everything. <laughs> like it's, it's you can't go for the ride anymore you're just like oh well that's extreme you exactly know? that equals plot, <laughs> it, that equals plot device not yeah. a character that's not yeah. a character that's just that's, a freaking thing to get you from a to b yeah that's yeah. not even that's not even evil you can't torture anybody after that <laughs> no you know? like there's no eternal damnation you're just destroying everything what a cop-out it's it's yeah it's silly was there anything else story-wise in on the positive or the negative either <laughs> <laughs> well on the on the positive like i did i did enjoy when we we start we we had half of the film where we're going in one direction and then all of a sudden we're introduced to the fact that you know people people can get inverted and go into the what what do they call it the um the chamber of doom the chamber of doom <laughs> no they call it something specific but I've oh yeah I can't, I can't remember i've forgotten what it is <laughs> like they can go into the chamber of doom and invert themselves. So then, when you start replaying moments, such as the ludicrous scene where the plane goes into the um, the freeport, yes. So surely they could have thought of something simpler than <laughs> crashing the plane in the freeport. Anyway, yeah. but but when you have the tussle between Denzel Junior and himself, that comes back. Like yes. I really, I, I liked that. That was a surprise to me, and it it gave me that feeling that you like to get in movies, yeah, where, where you where it starts to fit together and click. So that was good in its own right. But that was an action sequence. It wasn't. There was no dialogue or <laughs> anything to, to wreck it. But even within that sequence, so I think I would have enjoyed that more if it had happened sooner. Like mm. the the first time around hadn't been you know, an hour and a half later before we come back to that yeah. moment again. I think I would have enjoyed it a little bit more if that were the case. Um, I think we had seen too many cool reverse action sequences be between those two to be totally blown away by it. Mm. Um, but then it also brought up some other w really strange thoughts, like why in the second time around is he even shooting the gun at himself at all? Like, that makes no sense. And the I, only reason yeah, you I thought would, the same. The only reason you would do that is because you want to have the cool gun moment the first time around, but 
you know, like second time around, you wouldn't be pulling that trigger, you know? Well, you're not going to try and kill yourself. <laughs> exactly. Because, because that instigates that whole um, grandfather bloody paradox. Yeah, or that... even like be close to killing yourself. Like there's no point mm. in that. And you know but... what? What? One thing I discovered is that there is actually a limit of things that look cool backwards. Um, like <laughs> cars driving backwards down freeways at high speed is cool. I enjoyed that. That was fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, explosions backwards just look fake. Did you notice that? Like they don't look real. That And there were certain things like that, particularly in that big mm. war sequence, that big kind of siege at the end, where, by the way, one team's got blue badges and one team's got red badges and they're doing a time pincer move or something. I just lost track. I had no idea what was going on by that point. I was like, I don't even know why they're all attacking this place. I've actually lost complete track of anything that's going on right now. And all I'm doing is watching reverse explosions and kind of thinking this could be better. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I didn't mind the look of, of the, you know, the reverse and the proper explosions. I thought it looked cool, but it didn't make any sense. I just, you know, a, a minute or so in, you know, when I was really thinking, oh, this is going to be cool, seeing mm. this mob come from that direction, that come, mob come from that direction, and they're doing going to do this great move. Yeah. But it didn't, that that didn't come through in it. It just ended up being some nerd in post, post-production, post you know, making it look all cool, which which is cool in its in some respect, Yeah. but not filmically cool. I would love to have known how this film went at the cinemas in mm. a year that wasn't 2020. Like if it had happened in 2019, how well this film would have done. Because the thing you heard when Tenet came out was that it was a flop and that this $200 million film wasn't going to make its money back. It has, it's made its money. But in terms of cinema releases, I don't think it did what they expected. Yeah, mm. well, that's understandable. It would yeah. have gone a lot better, surely. It, it um, would have had to have, surely. I mean, I think seeing the spectacle of all of this up on a big screen screen still would have been cool. Like who doesn't mm. want to see a Nolan film on the big screen? But for that very reason, you know, it's going to be ambitious and he's going to throw everything at it. So so you said you're a big fan. Yeah. I had seen a lot of the films. I watched The Prestige last night, I think, or the night before. That didn't thrill me either. And it had a lot of the same problems. Like I, yeah. I'd, I had thought I kind of liked his work. Um, and then I watched this, and then, then I watched The Prestige and the same sort of character development problems you know you start with a big idea that's a great idea and you storyboard it and all that sort of thing and but then it doesn't hold up in mm. a emotional human way yeah it's been a long time since i've seen the prestige and i think you're right that's not one of the really strong ones yeah and when i say i'm a fan i think it's more that i'm actually i'm actually a fan of those four or five four mm. four or so big films that that came out over the last decade that I've really, really enjoyed. And it's more about those being great successes in my mind than everything that Nolan's made being fantastic, you know? Yeah. yeah. Mm. And this one's definitely not going to be on the list, as I think is clear by now. <laughs> well, are we ready to talk about what it reminded us of? I think so. I think we've covered the film as much as we can without just banging on about the same things. Yeah, or want to. Yes, that's right. So what were you reminded of while watching this film? A few things for different reasons. I've written them down here. Um, Twin Peaks, speaking, oh, wow. in, speaking in reverse. Like that, that is a absolute Twin Peaksian thing. And it's, a, it's, it's just only makes me think of Twin Peaks. So then they just 
reuse that device here. Which... Oh, wonderful. Doc, you, you know you can remember that I still haven't seen Twin Peaks. So yes, yeah, this, I know. And, is... and it's not spoiling anything. This is a shame for me that I need to sort out, but I can imagine Lynch doing speaking in reverse would be great. Yeah, and, and, and the, creepy. Exactly. It's great and creepy. And that's because there is, with Lynch, with anything that he does, there's much more attention spent on the ambiguity, the abstract, the human, the emotional, and all of this sort of stuff, rather mm. than the explanatory. So I think both of them appeal to me because they're both interested in big ideas, but the approach is completely different. And I'd take Lynch's approach where they're speaking backwards, but you're always trying to work out what really that means. And Lynch would explain almost nothing, whereas yes. Nolan in this case has tried to explain everything mm. to almost to a point where you just don't want to hear anymore. You're like, stop it. Stop telling me things. Let's just, yeah. let's just get on with it. Well, not, yeah. al not almost to a point. Past, past, <laughs> past that, point. that point. Absolutely. How about okay. you? Okay, so here's an obvious one. I'm going to throw an obvious one out first. The, ter the Terminator franchise, because <laughs> we've got... We've got a good guy from the from the future True. and a bad guy from the future. Well, sort of. They're both getting messages from the future. They're agents of the future, um, <laughs> and they're all trying to. And and the bad guy's trying to bring around World War Three, which was sort of what the AI and Terminator does. So, that's an obvious one. Not very exciting, but it made me think. This theme we've seen it before. It's something that's that's been quite successful in the past, done in a very simple way in the past. And I hadn't thought of that. You said it's obvious, but. Um... I'm only now thinking that that's so true. Uh, these are it's the future, you know, coming back to make an impact on the past. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, cool. And bring around the end of humanity. Yeah, mm. for no apparent reason. But just because. Oh no, no, not Humans just suck. because. Not just because. Whoa, he added in the little, you know, the lefty environmental theme at the end this is all climate change oh my god did he I, I i think i'd stop listening by that point no it's climate change because we have exhausted all the, the resources of the earth and that has meant that the future peoples um have you know nothing left so their only option is to invert and come and reuse you know our timeline <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah i would wow. have preferred look I'm as, I guess I'm they as gave in... up on space travel. They was like, no, nah, we're done with the, we're done. Yeah, yeah. It's not going to happen, but we have figured out inverting time, so that's <laughs> we'll just do that instead. Correct. Crazy. Any Crazy. any others for you, Doc? I'd like to ponder the name Tenet mm. and the importance of of just of words in other films, and it made me think of um, Eyes Wide Shut where the password is silencio and that's quite a you know a mysterious um thing throughout the film that's right isn't it silencio eyes wide shut um Ooh. now I i'm wondering if that's in mulholland drive as well but i can't remember if it was in eyes wide yeah, shut yeah maybe it's mulholland drive ah okay good let's let's good point though say either <laughs> and did you did you catch what tenant meant Tenet in this instance, like what they were going at with that, this word from the future. I can, I tell, you, I can tell you exactly what it meant. Because I feel like I missed it. I No, I did miss it. What? Well, number one, it didn't have enough impact on the storyline to warrant it being the title of the film. Right. You know, so I have a theory that it was um, the first thing that Christopher Nolan thought of was the concept of inverted time. Mm -hmm. The second thing he thought of 
was I need to call this film a palindrome. Yes. That reads the same way both ways. I caught that, that. Because that is a perfect sort of metaphor for my film. Yeah, yeah. And then he then he went and Googled, you know, what <laughs> what palindrome he could choose and he right. chose one, which by the way I think has a some uh, some relation to an ancient there's a whole lot of names like Sata and other mm. names that relate to tenant in some ancient way. Okay. I don't even know what it is. But um I think the idea for a word that could be read both ways came before the actual word and then he tried to insert that into the film in a logical way and create and that, meaning around and create it. Me, create meaning yes in in reverse kind i think like he kind, kind of did it but i would, I would have preferred that it, it we continued with that like we we had a couple of instances of tenet early mm-hmm. on yeah and then it, then it just disappeared um for a little no. while i just thought it was the guy's name i just thought he was tenet you know but uh no He's not. I think the organization that he worked for might have been called Tenet. Okay, maybe that's what it was. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Um, just before I finish that one, I said the, the words in Silencio, whether it's Eyes Wide Shuttle, Mulholland Drive is one, and um, Citizen Kane with Rosebud right. is, yes. is another. So, yeah, awesome. Yeah. I like it. Uh, okay, so this is better than Terminator. It's another time loopy kind of film, Edge of Tomorrow with Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt. Do you remember that film? Oh, from no. around 2014. I'm sure I've seen it, but I can't recall it, but explain. All right. Well, I'll give you the IMDb synopsis, which is also terrible. A soldier fighting aliens has to relive the same day over and over again, the day restarting every time he dies. And so it's, it's a little bit of star- a ground... Starring, starring Bill Murray. <laughs> starring Bill Murray. Exactly. <laughs> it's a bit of a Groundhog Day scenario where he has to basically win the day by doing it over and over again until he gets all the things right. Ah, uh, yes. And one of those things is is doing right by Emily Blunt. It's Groundhog yeah, Day. Well, it's Groundhog well, Day versus Aliens. Yeah. You'd want to do the right thing by Emily Blunt, though. Absolutely. Yeah. She's great. I, what I like about Edge of Tomorrow is that it's actually a really simple concept and it's done really well and it does have heart. Like, they managed to get... The heart in there, and they manage, and the action is great, and it's fun. It's fun to watch, and you know, while I was watching Tenet, I was thinking, this is not fun to watch. <laughs> you know, this no. could be an Edge of Tomorrow, but it's not because it's just too much work. That's so true, and there's so many others. One that I was uh, thinking of mentioning, but wasn't going to, but now I will, was Minority Report. Yeah, um, totally. Because that's. Uh, it's not another Tom Cruise film. It's another Tom Cruise film. <laughs> yeah. It's another action film, but it's based on a you know you've got a a little scientific premise, so you need to suspend belief that that is possible. Yeah, you know whatever they're you know whatever they're saying is possible is possible, but then once you've got that, you go into a a fully fledged movie that has all the the heart that it needs to have, even if it's an action yeah. film. Absolutely, and so you've got Edge of Tomorrow over here. And you've got Tenet on the other side. Where's my hand? Over here. Edge of Tomorrow, Tenet. <laughs> and uh, he could have just come in the middle, just found some middle ground, I think. He could have just yeah, pulled a little yeah. bit away from the, 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 the kind of plot, crazy intellectual stuff that he was trying to achieve over here. Um, I don't even know if it is intellectual. It's just, it's just intense. Oh, Hey, I've lost you again. Shout out to the um, EOS webcam <laughs> utility, which is just glitching every now and again. Maybe it's their way of advertising. You know what I think it is? I think the camera has like a, yeah, it probably is that. Um, The camera has like an eight or 10 minute timer or something maybe, and it just flicks off every now and again. I don't know. 
So for those of you at home, we we are trialing new new vision options here with, um, <laughs> with Canon cameras rather than our webcams. Yep. So that's free that's... <laughs> utility online. Get it. C- correct. I'm not sure the angles quite quite work, but we'll soon see. We'll there you go it again. Oh, it's ad. totally it's totally glitching. I'm going to have to uh, <laughs> revert in a minute. Going to in- invert. I'm going to have to go back from the future and. And refilm this from a different angle. Anyway, any others for you, Kim Logan, while I fix this? Um, have you got more? Uh, I have sh- a couple free giveaways. Free giveaways. I, yeah. I'll, I'll leave the free giveaways to you then. They're probably the same as my ones. I'll, I'll say a really obscure one, and that is um, a novel by Martin Amis, um, who I'm very fond of, called Time's Arrow. And the whole novel is, ri- is, is written in reverse. So not, not word by word, but um, charting a, a man's life in in reverse um where you you see the the end of his life first and then the the start of his life at the end which just plays with time and it just you know made me made me think of it well oh uh, here we go that's i've just i've just changed my camera angle because this thing is not working and i can't even get the battery out so i'm just gonna gonna call it a day for the uh the old canon eos web utility well there you go uh i have not I have not read this this novel. I'll uh, we'll have to check it out. Add it to the list. Is it on the bookshelf no. behind you? It would be. Hang on. Yeah. Have you got it? Holy smokes! Martin Amos Times Time, Arrow. Times Arrow. Martin Amos. Um, yeah. It starts with him dying. Then he gradually sort of comes back to health. You know. So it's every everything's backwards. So he, he finds his. You know, I love um, it. His health improves. You know, and then until he gets to kind of middle age and then he starts getting, you know, smaller and, you know, less intelligent. <laughs> is this kind of a Benjamin Button type deal that we're talking about here? Yeah, it's a little Benjamin Button. Yes. Well, there you yep. go. All right, let me let me see if this works again. Oh, hot diggity. We're back. Oh, wow. Okay, so you had a couple of giveaways. Gi- yep. Giveaway reminds me of. Yes, 12 monkeys. Ah, yeah, okay. You know, Explain. Uh, guy from the future sent back to change the past and to st- change the end of humanity because of a virus that's sort of set free by a group of uh, lunatics. Okay. Well, it actually turns out to be one lunatic, but they think it's the 12 monkeys that that, that, that do it. Um, starring Bruce Willis and a great, great film. Yeah, haven't watched it for years, but I remember enjoying it. Well, let's play ping pong. I'll match that with uh, Irreversible. Ooh. For the fact, again, that it plays with yes. time. And uh, you sort of have to. You, I think you see the end first, don't you? And, and you gradually get more information as you um, as you go forward and or backward in time. Very nice. I like it. Uh, another one for you, Looper. Looper. Okay. Which actually is also a little bit like Twelve Monkeys, a um, Bruce Willis film. Yeah, that's Bruce Willis. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, a little bit like Inception has that guy from Inception in it. <laughs> I'm just blanking on its name. Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> no. Um, it's the guy with the three-parter. Jordan David Lewis or something. That's oh, totally um, not Gordon, it. Gordon. Gordon. Lewis. Levitt. De- De- Levitt <laughs> Davis. He's, he's cool. He was he's, he was on, wasn't he's he on great. Third Rock from the Sun or something like that? I don't know. It's a good question. He, he, he very well could have been. Anyway, he's great. Looper going going back in time to basically take out people. And then one day, he's like a time assassin where, yeah. um, no, that's right. 
he's he's in his time with a shotgun and someone gets sent back from the future and his job is to just blow that guy away the second he appears except one day the guy that appears is himself an old version of himself and that is that's where the, the story gets gets twisty it's when you get to that whole grandfather paradox that actually made me squirm when that was mentioned in this Christopher Nolan film yeah um, no, when we they well they explain some they explain the grandfather paradox and then about a minute and a half later they go that's a grandfather paradox <laughs> or like so <laughs> that thing we just told you about yeah there it is yeah and, and i thought i'm sure i learned about that in back to the future i didn't need to know it again we don't need to know it again mm. no absolutely well that's it for me i haven't got anything else no i'm well and truly done you're I done. feel like we... Oh, I wouldn't mind, you know, inverting and going back over this episode and fixing any of the crappy bits. <laughs> if I think of anything else, I'll come back and do that. <laughs> Insert it later. It'll be confusing because I'll be speaking in, in reverse and you'll be speaking the right way or vice versa. Yeah, but we'll make yeah. it work. Audiences of, of the future will, will think it makes perfect sense. <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right, Doc. I think okay. we've done it. I think we've we've more than done it. I think we've, we've outdone it. We've overdone it. Overdone it. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Awesome. I'll see you next week. See you, Baron. Cheers, Doc.